The gospel reading this morning is from St. John, chapter 6, verses 51 through 69, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1658. Glory to you. John writes, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. And just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who? can accept it. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. Say, this is why, he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing uh, good comes from anywhere else. This is a hard lesson to hear. Um, I'm not going to single you out, but I see we have two guests here with Miss Eldred. And uh, as I was reading that, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, what a Sunday to come in and and hear this, um, not knowing uh, your background in in church and so forth and and hoping that um, I can explain this such that (laughs) I went to Eldred's church and they're talking about cannibalism. The pastor seemed nice, but now I'm wondering why he got so round. What is he eating, you know? Welcome. Welcome. And I promise that we'll get this, uh, we'll we'll bring this around full circle so that you can understand uh, that it's not about cannibalism. Uh, I wanted to to share with you a couple of things in preparation for this sermon this week. Boy, a lot of thoughts went through my went through my mind on on the direction to take it and and the things to to say and um, a couple stories came up to me that um, there was there was a little boy and I know this little boy um, and his friend asked him, "Do you ever think about when you grow up, you know what what you're going to be?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, I do." And he says, "Well, what do you want to be when you grow up?" The little boy said, "Happy." That's a good aspiration. I want to be happy. Now, some people have said that John Lennon said that. And some people say that, um, who else? Oh, Goldie Hawn said that. But I'm here to tell you, unequivocally, I have proof, because I Googled it. And Charlie Brown asked Linus Van Pelt that in 1960 in a, in a, in a cartoon. And Linus uh, said, I want to be outrageously happy. I thought that was that was cute. That's a that's a lofty goal. I want to be happy. How do we how do we get there? The other uh, concept that was in my heart and in my mind um, had to do with enough. Have you ever heard somebody, or have you ever said, "Enough is enough"? You said that. What do you mean? Yeah, they're spelled the same. Right. Enough is enough. Really? You know, usually when it was said, (laughs) I better back up and ask for forgiveness and, you know, because next was coming, wait until your father comes home. Right? Enough is enough. I've had enough. I'm sick and tired. There's another sentence you don't, uh, (laughs) in my house, when I was little, you didn't complete for mom. I'm sick. And tired on the rear end. That was before that comedian said that in his great show. But, you know, we lived that. We lived that. Enough. The other night I was, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and enough is enough came on my mind. And, and enough, you know, it's like, oh. And I had these thoughts uh, of 
enough, not good enough, not smart enough, not kind enough. Have you ever had those feelings? Have you ever been told by somebody that you're not enough? In the middle of the night, you know, you're not enough. You're not this enough, this enough, this enough, this enough. That isn't coming from God. That's coming from the evil one here and that one, and he wants to rob your happy. He is trying to convince you that you're not enough. And yet, we buy into that at times. And we need to be reminded that you are enough. We'll get back to that in a minute, too. Our reading this morning, um, the uh, Proverbs were picked, and, and it was really, it's, it's neat, because they describe wisdom as a, as a lady. Sounds like a really nice lady, calling out to anybody, hey, you, simple person, you know, come to me, come to my house and eat of the food that I prepared for you, drink of the wine that I mixed for you. Come and take in wisdom. It's good for you. And truly, it is. But there was another reading that we could have uh, done, and I, and, and I base part of my sermon on this because it comes from Joshua. And Joshua gathered all of the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. Everybody was there. And they presented themselves before God, and Joshua said to all of the people, enough is enough. No, he didn't. Well, actually, he kind of did. He said, thus says the Lord, uh, the God of Israel, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates. And God was good to your fathers. God took from the other side of the river Abraham. And from him came Isaac. And on and on and on, up until the point where God rescued his people from Egypt. They had fallen into rebellion because why? It's not enough. Manna, 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 manna. That's all we get to eat. Falls from heaven, bread. Manna, 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 manna. Not enough. In our nature, we kind of want to say, it's not enough. Well, I, I, I delivered you from the, from the Egyptians. Yeah, well, great, because now we're starving. At least back there we had food. Oh, yeah, and a whip, and labor, and beatings, and killings. That was a lot of fun, I'm sure, guys. And so Joshua has a, what um, the, the world may call um, unknowing, but it's actually accurate, a come to Jesus talk. Have you ever heard somebody say, hey, come to Jesus kind of talk? Usually that one's not good either. Because <laughs> in my experience, it wasn't about Jesus. It was about, it was about what came after enough is enough. You guys seeing a kind of a <laughs> theme here? Enough is enough. Boy, Pastor Ken must have been a real pain. Well, you know me long enough, yeah. And I still am. So he says to them, now therefore, guys and gals, 
Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the little G gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then guess what? Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the little g gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the little g gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I told you, did you, did, did Elbridge say how kind of weird I am? No, but I'm starting to figure it out now. We're going to talk afterwards, is that okay? If I don't, you guys don't run off? Okay. Okay, so the, the come to Jesus talk comes, right? And the people are kind of going, ooh, wow, you know, and they're convicted in their heart. They're hearing the word of the Lord. And that's what comes down from ha- heaven. That is a transformational thing. You hear the words of the gospel, and it changes your heart. And so what happened? They said, then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our big G God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is good. And things were good for a while until that generation passed away. And the next generation came along, looked around, and said, it's not enough. Now on to the cannibalism. Well, here's the thing. The law wasn't enough to save us. We're not enough to save ourselves. And so God made a promise foretold by the prophets that I will send one, a Messiah. I will send one that will rescue my people once and for all. And he did. And his name is Jesus. And when the people saw him, they thought he's not enough. Last week, when Jesus was speaking, people were saying, isn't this the carpenter's son? Born of Joseph and Mary. Eye roll there. How scandalous, right? He's not enough. No, no, no. The Messiah that's coming is going to be more like Rambo or, or, or General Patton. He's going to come in here and vanquish the Romans and put us in control. This guy's not enough. And this, this week's reading, he's talking to them about blood and bread. But he calls it flesh. Now, these guys that were listening to this is the people that were following him. 
and the Jews of the synagogue, they knew it wasn't about cannibalism. They knew that he was referring to Leviticus 7, 11 through 12. And in that, it says, for the life of the creature is in the blood. The life of the creature is in the blood. What happens if we lose all of our blood? Right? Okay. And God has said through the prophet there, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Therefore, I say to the Israelites, none of you may eat blood, nor may any foreigner, that is a Gentile, residing among you eat blood. God gave the animals, gave the blood as an atonement for our sin, for the people's sin. So the blood was precious. The blood represented life. They owned everything to God, and yet they still had the nerve to say, you're not enough. And so Jesus was saying, I am. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. He was equating that his blood was life-giving blood, that his blood shed on the altar, on the cross, was going to atone for their sins. That he came from heaven down. That every good thing came from heaven that you have. And here I am, he says. Ta-da! And they're grumbling, saying, it's not enough. It's not enough. In fact, his disciples that were with him, there were many, more like fans than followers. Because this was a hard teaching. He was basically saying, I am the one to come. I am the Messiah. And then he looked at the 12, and he says, Oh, do you guys want to go too? And he knew. And then Peter says, Lord, from where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You notice we sing that every, I mean, I think of Peter, every time we do that, it would come up here and read the gospel. The life-giving bread, the word that we feed on. And so when Jesus says, you feed on me, it's the same thing as saying, you believe in me. For those who believe in me, they have eternal life. For those who trust in me, the promise in me, have eternal life. There is his promise that I will come back and raise you up. gives us promises. He gave you a promise when you were baptized. And that was he put a deposit in you with the Holy Spirit. That you became clothed in Christ at that baptism. That you have 
Christ's sealing, the Holy Spirit sealing. You were marked by the cross. You are his child forever through your baptism. How? Because his blood was shed on that altar, that cross, his blood. And we come and we celebrate in this sacrament of the altar right here. When Jesus said, and you'll hear me say these words, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. We take him at his word because Jesus keeps all of his promises. Jesus doesn't tell a lie. Now, when I hold this bread and and when I have, does it turn into blood and does it turn into, you know, flesh? No. No. But Jesus didn't say, this is kind of like symbolic of my blood and kind of like symbolic of, of my body. So just kind of do this so we remember. No, he says, I am with you. And as this church confesses the Lutheran confessions, that is to say that he is in the bread. He is on the bread. He's above, below, side to side. Through it. Same with the blood, the wine. He is in it, on it, and you take him in. Faith. Belief. And that, my friend, friends, brothers and sisters, that is more than enough. And that's his promise. And that's what the gospel tells us. Jesus is enough. And you are, too. In the name of Jesus. Amen.